I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And this is our listener feedback show for Children of Dune. Children of Dune, baby. That's right. You can let your feedback, or let, you can give, you can leto your feedback. (laughs) You you can let your feedback, or give us your feedback is a better way of saying that, uh, by calling 1260-577-CHAT. That's 1260-577-2428. You can obviously email your thoughts, put it as an MP3, or do it the old-fashioned way and type it out in email. Can you imagine that's old-fashioned now? <laughs> Please, uh, yeah, we don't have snail mail, so don't send it to us the real old-fashioned way. Or if you're back in Jim's day, don't chisel it in stone, okay? <laughs> but the, uh, email's Ooh. fine. You can just email us your, uh, your thoughts, and we would be happy to include them into this discussion. Also, you can leave your thoughts on Facebook, or if you're back in David's old-fashioned day, the MySpace. We don't have a MySpace. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but do the uh, uh, do the uh, do the Facebook. Leave your comments there, or you yeah. can hit us up on Twitter. We've included comments from all these locations in our feedback show tonight. It is going to be an awesome show here tonight. Yes, yes. And uh, my understanding, David, is we have some great supporters, some listeners, like all of you that are listening right now, that have said, you know what. We want to help support the podcast and, uh, yeah. and maybe get content a little bit earlier than maybe we get it because there's some perks to supporting, right? Right. That's right. So our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash podcast, is a place where you can help support us uh, financially if you're enjoying the show. Um, you know, any, any amount. Uh, is fine and you can do it worldwide. Uh, it's a monthly subscription and we have some perks there, different levels that you can read on the site. We have two new mem- Patreon members that are helping us out and supporting us financially and that's Mark Ides and Matthew. So thank you two for, uh, stepping up and kind of helping us out. And thank you for those of you that continue. Yeah. Uh, we don't mention every month because you've been supporting the podcast financially. We love it. Uh, we you do not find us. We we do not try. Hope, hopefully, we don't come across as begging for you to support. We love your support. Whether you just you know write in, you listen to us. That's awesome support. Yeah. But if you just want to take it to the next level, mm-hmm. that'd be uh, we we love we yeah. love that. It just helps mm-hmm. us offset some of the cost of yeah. making this program available to as many people as possible. Absolutely. We have an app available, the uh, Zogpod Collective app. Um, and uh, I do have – I think I'm behind an episode, posting episode of Dune. But you can find most of your Dune podcasts there. And it's a good way, another way to kind of get involved. And you don't have to remember that phone number I read at the beginning because it's included right in the app as well as the email, Twitter, and so on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into our reviews here. And I think, uh, Jim, you've got the first one, don't you? Yep. 
Yes, from our good friend Roland. He says, Hi, David, Scott, and Jim. I really enjoyed Children of Dune. I felt it was more akin to the original Dune than Dune Messiah was. This is my second favorite book we've read so far, only behind the original Dune. I easily give this book a 5 out of 5, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Leto's 4,000-year reign goes, and finding out what was this... Ooh, Kralizak is finding, but finding out what this Kralizak is. I'm not sure what that let, is. Did, let, so do you, do you know, David, because I'm, I'm with Jim on this. I don't, I mean, just, I don't remember what it, I mean, I just, from Children of Dune, they say it's like the Armageddon for the Fremen. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Ah, okay. All right. Top five moments from the original Frank Herbert Dune trilogy in chronological order coming right up here. Paul and Jessica's sandstorm escape from the Harkonnen attack in Dune. Paul's battle with Fade Rautha in Dune. Paul defending Leto and Ganema from Bijaz shortly after their birth by using the eyes of Leto that was in cool. Dune Messiah. Yep. Laza Tiger attack on Leto II and Ganema in Children of Dune. And Leto II placing the sand trout on his body and becoming superhuman. In Children of Dune. Those are good moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have an additional comment to make about the Winds of Dune. I remember appreciating Paul of Dune while reading Dune Messiah. However, I felt the opposite about Winds of Dune while reading Children of Dune. There were several storylines that Winds of Dune set up that was never reconciled. And those are... Jessica left the Bene Gesserit in the Winds of Dune, and now suddenly she's working for them again in Children of Dune. Shaddam was building up a Gola army in the Winds of Dune, and now suddenly he's dead in Children of Dune. Irulan's loyalty to the Atreides was wavering in Winds of Dune, and now suddenly she's completely loyal to in Children of Dune. And granted, this is probably because of the books Brian and Kevin failed to write. But as long as those books are in limbo, I'm going to feel this way. So let's talk about this in reverse a little bit. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of with them on this. And we I mean, we talked about in the other podcast that there are some obviously unresolved storylines. Mm -hmm. It feels like there is a third uh, Dune book that should be in there, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, the book of later the second or the book of Jessica, whatever you want to call it, that uh, these storylines are left hanging. And I agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't have much more to say than I agree that it, I think I, I even said it felt like I was missing a book. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Jim, any thoughts on what he's saying? Um, yeah, I, I would agree for the most part. Uh, I, maybe not on, uh, Jessica left the Benny Gesserit. And then is working for them again. I don't. I don't know if she's going quite that far. Yeah, I'm not sure she's there. working for them at this point. But, um, but yes, the Gola army is a mystery, and um, Irulan. I don't know. Uh, maybe she went back and felt like she had it better than a lot, a lot better than she thought she had originally. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he he. He's definitely correct. There are some dangling things going on there. Yeah, and I think the top five moments that he gave were all good moments. Any moments you feel that uh, he missed that could have been in your top five if you were to create them, David? 
moments that he missed that would have been in my top five. Um, maybe the blasting through the shield wall. Yeah, that was good. You know, Paul blasts through the shield wall. Uh, that mm-hmm. whole scene there. Like the, even the final battle itself, like apart from Fade Ralph, but everything up to that. Yeah, the whole that whole part there. I don't know. I think that's probably. I mean, he kind of covered like everything. Kind of really stands out hardcore to me yeah. in those. I think that I think the nuke blasts for me when when uh, Paul loses his eyesight and that whole scene. Oh like when, yeah, yeah. When they when he when he reveals that he can see, anyways. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, Jim? Um, perhaps Paul's battle with uh, Jameis should get honorable mention in there. Yeah, I know. I would agree with that. Okay. Again, a lot of good moments in this trilogy that would be a hard, hard pressed to pick just one. By the way, the uh, battle that he's talking about, the 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 Kru, Kru, uh, Kru, Kralizak, uh mm-hmm. is the battle at the end of the time. Uh, Roland and uh, Darren are both mentioning it. Mm-hmm. Leto mentions it apparently several times. Leto the second. So yeah, I missed that. Any other any other comments on Roland's? What about his rating of a five out of five for this book? Well, I mean, it's less than his rating of uh, Winds of Doom. That was, yeah, t- it was 10, ten out of five. Ten out of five. But <laughs> I, I, I wonder if he would like, change that rating now that he is. Yeah. Uh, based on that. All right. Well, let's move it, David. Let's move on to yours. And your really is, a, I guess you had this conversation with Leland Davidson. We're going to have to include this picture for this to make sense yeah. for those listeners. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's always difficult whenever you have an image or a visual to communicate that in a podcast. We'll, we'll, um, we'll put a, a link in the in the show notes. The other thing we could do is include it in the show art. Yeah, that way people could see it too. Yeah. But, anyways, mm-hmm. um, so go ahead. Well, uh, Leland sent me a photo, and he said, uh, "You know, just wanted to show you my new tattoo." And on his left shoulder, it's the deserts uh, with the eyes of uh, in the sky. Um, Kind of similar to there's a book cover like that, isn't there? One I don't know, but it's remember. cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it it looks really cool. And I just had a back and forth with him, just saying how you know nice. I was still trying to figure out what mine is. I've been, I, I know I've posted some photos on our Facebook of, of like uh, photoshopped what I'm thinking of on my arm, and I go back and forth, and <laughs> you know how I really like that in the future or whatnot. But uh, his tattoo is really cool, really intricate. Uh, my my thought was I would want to see that all the time. <laughs> yeah, his back. No, his back is right. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> for your tattoo, I think you should make your arm like the outside of a sandworm, and then when you open your hand, it's like the inner the, inner yeah, inner the mouth inner, of it. Inner, so you're like, yeah. <laughs> I think that that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything it would help me in my like career life. Right, your yeah. career life. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe your love life, social life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, people mm-hmm. gravitate toward that. Oh, uh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, so. you you will know the trueness of their geekness if they get the reference. Right. So, that means- right. <laughs> uh, no, this, is a, this is a great tattoo. So awesome for you, man. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely, you know, yeah. when I make my leap, I'll, I'll, I'll give out that information for yeah. sure. Now, Roland, one of our listeners uh, who has been listening to the podcast from the beginning said, you know what? Let's see how these ratings, Scott, Jim and uh, David's ratings, how they line up over time yeah. and he did this graph of the various novels yeah and this is in celebration of our one year anniversary it was a celebration one year anniversary and it looks like we were pretty uh we were on the upswing and then uh all heck broke oh, loose no. yeah it yeah. was um 
Dune and uh, what was it? David Lynch, the Lynch film kind of threw us off, and yeah, Dune was the pinnacle, mm-hmm. and then we were going up to Dune, and everything after that we've been rating low. Yeah, we've been kind of fairly similar. I think that Dune Messiah has been kind of a, that yeah, was kind Dune, of a like pull axe and everything. Yeah, yeah. Dune Messiah. You can see in, in this graph, I went way down and then skyrocketed way up because I loved. Uh, Winds of Dune, so yeah, uh, it's kind of a fun. It's kind of a fun look. He uh, he has an average in there as well that you can check out. So uh, we well, posted this to Facebook, and I'll put links to the yeah. To on, uh, we can put links. Yeah, they're 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 very interesting to look at and kind of see where you've been <laughs> in a full year because sometimes it's like I don't even remember what the last one was. We well, you know, you know? And, and you look at it and say, well, you go back and think. If I were to read that book now, having all the understanding of everything I read, would I still read it the same? Yeah. And maybe time, would you rate it differently given time? Right. Know, Might be interesting when we're done to say, what would your average be? Just guess, like, what would you rate the whole series and then put it against whatever we would rate the whole series to what our actual average for the series would be. I think that might be interesting yeah. to look at. But uh, this is totally Roland's type of thing. I, I play uh, some some board games with him, and he's like, well... I know that last time we played this, he's got like a graph of like who did what in the, nah, in, nice. the game, in the like board games. So it's it's pretty awesome. Right, great, nice. great detail keeping. So well, this next email we got in from Kim was a Kim show, and I, I wanted to know. I, I have I have you reading this, but it's technically Jim's turn. I, do you care, Jim, if I let David read this? I'll go for it. All right, it's a long. It's, I'm saving you all the reading because this is a very long email. So we usually give Jim the long one, right? So that, I was trying to <laughs> spare you this, Jim, just so you know. So it's not as cruel as I am. When <laughs> no, I <do> it. <laughs> so anyways, go ahead and get, share this. Uh, Kim Shaw writes and she says, dear Scott, David and Jim, thank you for your co- podcast. It's been in my ears in the back of my mind for a very big part of the last month. Ever since I discovered it after Googling Frank Herbert, uh, I had just read Bo- uh, Bob R. Boggles, Frank Herbert, the works. You should read that one or at least the Dune parts of it. Uh, it's been a joy, and it reignited my love for Dune, which I am now rereading. You even got me back to continuing reading the Brian Herbert slash Kevin J. Anderson books. I am writing as I am writing this. I'm 20 pages from finishing Sisterhood of Dune. You're doing more than us because we did not read Sisterhood. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, well, I want, well, I wanted to share my Dune story with you guys. My first exposure to Dune and Frank Herbert was probably either the comic book or the David Lynch movie, which, by the way, was and is a lot uh, a lot more popular in Europe. Wonder why? I know. It's, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. Psychology, psychology behind. Anyways, go ahead. I used to study film and loved Lynch. Well, there you go. That's that's the key. There. That's part of yeah. it. Yeah, I saw all of, I saw all of his movies, and Dune was the odd one out. Or Otter, perhaps. It's Lynch, after all. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fascinating, uh, utterly so. Images and scenes from the movie stayed with me somehow. And the same goes for the uh, expressionistically drawn comic book. None other other than A. Young, Bill... uh, Sir, I can't pronounce this last name. We gave you all the hard names. It's very German. (laughs) (laughs) Which you really should do a short podcast episode about. It's a good idea. Actually, I think it's Polish. Polish? Okay. Yes. All right. Either way, I can't pronounce (laughs) it. Either way, you're tripping up 
David. I would say it's Sankiewicz or Sankiewicz or something like that. Sankiewicz. Sankiewicz. All right. Anyways, go on. (laughs) Anyway, I'm rambling in English, which is not exactly my first language. Sorry about that. I hope I'm making sense and let me get back to my Dune story. I live in Denmark and I first read Frank Herbert's Dune in my early 20s. The perfect time to encounter Herbert. I was reading Kafka. That's a depressing guy. Yeah. Kierkegaard and a lot of other philosophers. You know, in your early 20s, you think you understand what they wrote. Later discover you don't, not really. As Herbert wrote, ultimately all things are known because you want to believe you know. From the Uh, Orange Catholic Bible. Of course. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, at this time, I loved science fiction, Star Trek, Star Wars, etc. So somehow, I don't remember how or why, but it must have had something to do with the movie or the comic book. I got my hands on the Dune book. This esoteric, philosophical, yet at the same time exciting and adventurous book seemed to me to be the perfect combination of all things I loved at the time. The story excited me. The languages and rhythms of Frank Herbert's writing impressed and moved me like only the greatest of art can do. The chapter introduction quotes the inherent philosophy and the layers upon layers of meaning and allegory expanded my mind and belief in science fiction as the ultimate storytelling genre. As quoted in Tim O'Reilly's book on Frank Herbert, it is like author and critic Samuel R. Delany has written, science fiction is the only area of literature outside poetry that is symbolistic in its basic conception. It It started aim is to represent the word without reproducing it. Stated. That's right. Yeah. It's stated aim is to represent the word without reproducing it. In short, I like to do and I like Doom Messiah, which to me seemed a tad more confusing. I read these books in English and not Danish, but still fascinating. Children of, Zune, Children of Dune seemed to me, the first time reading it, to be a bit of a repeat of Dune. And after that, I took a break. Then a few, la- a few years later, I read Heretics of Dune and thought, this is even better than Dune. To this day, I think that book is the best of the lot. With more action, great characters, superb writing, and thought-provoking comments on religion, ecology, and philosophy. After that, I read Chapter House Dune, also great, and then finally got Emperor of Dune. Now that one took me about a year to get through. I liked it. I could see it was brilliant. But it's sighting, not so much. That's interesting. She didn't read them in order. <laughs> well, that was it then. I later picked up and almost complete collection of Frank Herbert's novels and short stories at a flea market and have been reading one or two of his luckily many books a year ever since. No summer vacation is complete without a bit of Frank Herbert, but I missed Dune, and then I discovered the prequels. They took some getting used to. No, actually, they took a lot of getting used to. They had none of Frank Herbert's genius, no rhythm, no sophistication, nor subtlety, especially no subtlety. I read them anyway because what they do have is the Dune universe. I love emerging, I love emerging myself in that wonderful world of sandworms and Sardaukar, Atreides, Arrakis, Holtzman Shields, and Harkonnens. But to me, they are more like Saturday morning cartoons or video games in relation to the masterworks of Frank Herbert, like a golem action figure to the Lord of the Rings books. And an eventuality, I grew tired of the. In eventuality, I grew tired of them, annoyed with the lack of truly great writing. And let me just say that, again, subtlety, which is, to me, Dune. But you got me listening to them again. After listening to your podcast for a few weeks, I picked Sisterhood of Dune down from the shelf. 
There was a bookmark in it and about a hundred pages in. Apparently I had given it, I had given up last time I tried to read it. Your enthusiasm for the Brian, Brian Herbert, Kevin J. Anderson books made me give it another try. I liked it, didn't love it, but I was entertained. And that is sometimes enough. Perhaps I've gotten a bit older. I've learned to let go and have fun. I usually prefer their stories set in the times of the Butlerian Jihad, set thousands of years before the classic books, because they are obviously less constricted by already yet set continuity, and because this time of war and action seems more suited to the writing styles of these co two co-authors. The books set just before the books set just before and in between Frank Herbert's books makes the difference between the perspective, writing styles, and abilities a lot more jarring. Book seven, the conclusion of Dune, upsets me. It bring it being so different from the classics, and well, the story, supposedly based on an earlier outline by Frank Herbert, was overpopulated by unimportant characters, flawed badly, and seemed to forcibly shoehorn in characters invented for the prequels. I'd love to see the original outline. Okay, I'd better stop now. This letter is already going too long to read aloud on the show. Is it not? Apparently, Apparently not. not. <laughs> We're still reading it. <laughs> Let me finish by thanking you for making me reread the original Dune novels once again and continue rereading the newer books. Thank you for the great show. And as Frank Herbert once said, the less we know, the longer the explanation. Best regards. <laughs> that is an awesome way to end. Yeah. And for someone who is not fluent in English or just would not say that English is not the first language, beautifully written. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautifully written. Um, and, uh, wow, what do you think what she, about what she says about the Kevin J. Anderson, Brian Herbert novels? I need a break. You talk, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I think uh, this person is uh, open-minded and, and willing to give it another chance, and, and uh, that's great. I think that's really super. Um, obviously, she is not impressed with, with the writing style. Um, I like the more, uh, faster pace myself, um, of the new books, but yeah, they're all great. And it's, thank you for the email. It's really cool. Well, you know, it depends on how you want to view it. I mean, he, she obviously is into the philosophical aspects of Dune and you're just going to get a lot of, you get a lot of more of that depth in, in the Frank Herbert novels. And you do, because, uh, I'm with you, Jim, that there are times when, I, I try to wrap my head around teaching all sorts of, you know, frameworks and understanding models of teaching and, you know, legislators are constantly throwing new stuff at us that we got to deal with, which is fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But there's, so when I come home, the last thing I want to wrestle with is something deep sometime. And so having, <laughs> and having a story that can move uh, along quite a bit uh, and, and move at a pretty good pace. I, I'm happy for the Kevin J. Anderson and Frank Herbert, uh, the Brian Herbert books, and uh, and I'm okay with them. And I still think there is some depth to them. They still have some commentary. It's not like they're without commentary on the world around us. Mm -hmm. um, certainly not as deep philosophically as maybe Frank's are. I really right. like the well, story that she ahead. told. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Well, like what story is that? Just the how she came about doing. I love. Oh, yeah. I love hearing that story when people have to share it. I think that's really interesting to see kind of how it. Uh, you know how she came about because everyone's so interesting, you know. And so, yeah. as she comes into it from a philosophical background, she's reading Kierkegaard, yeah. all things. <laughs> yeah, talk about heavy stuff. That is, yeah. and Kafka. I had a student reading uh, 
Kafka's Metamorphoses. And it's just, she's read the whole book. It was a collection of short stories and that. She said, this is the most depressing book ever. Yeah. Everyone yeah. dies and commits suicide. <laughs> I'd love Game to hear why, why she, she read them out of order. If you're listening, shoot us a little thing and let me know why you read them out of order. Yeah. There might be a, maybe it was an availability. That could have been. I don't know. It's, it's, so. it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, we would love to hear from you again. It was some great thoughts. Yeah. Yes. So, so Jim, uh, we have we, we included a news story in here that kind of broke over this past month, and I don't know if we'll ever see it to fruition, but it's interesting. Do you want to share it? Sure. It says, Waltz with Bashir's Ari Fullman wants to make Jodorowsky's Dune. And uh, I wish I could do that film, Fullman said. Uh, the Dune Jodorowsky wanted to do at the end of the movie, he says that he didn't want to do it animated, but he had a 300-page storyline, you know, illustrated for that film. He said the time will come when a great animation director will take this book and make an animated movie out of it. When asked whether this is a genuine chance for happening, Holman says, well, you never know. I'm up for the challenge. I just recently got Yodorowsky's email, and I want to go and meet the guy. I'm busy now with a big project, but I'll give it a shot. I want to see that story. I'd love to see that story. Ultimately, the scale of Yodorowsky's ambition proved to be Dune's undoing. Its script was unfeasibly long, and after two years in pre-production, the director couldn't find the funding needed to get it made. A very different version of Dune, produced by Dino De Laurentiis and directed by David Lynch, emerged in 1984 to a less-than-ecstatic reception and Jodorowsky's production remains one of the great what-ifs of cinema history. If Fullman really could find the funding for an animated version of Dune, the results could be extraordinary. An animated version of that. That would be interesting. It would be interesting to see. I, I don't know if I could watch this. I would watch an animated version of Dune. I don't know if I want to watch Jodorowsky's animated version of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> It would definitely, if it'd be authentic to what Jorowski was saying, it would definitely be R-rated. I don't want to watch, know if I want to watch anything by Jorowski. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talked to some people who saw that, that mo one movie he did, and they were just like, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, any thoughts? I, I'll tell you what, I really don't feel qualified to comment because I haven't seen the uh, Jodorowskis. Yeah. Um, version well, hopefully it'll hit netflix or something here soon you can yeah. check it out yeah it's on amazon but i i tell you what i just haven't gotten around to it <laughs> yeah yeah well let's move into our bad reviews tonight and uh I uh, I ended up ordering these bad reviews. It's typically David's job. He does the bad reviews. But I took over tonight, and I did something a little bit different. This is actually based on one of the person's feedback. The guy that gave us a real long email and was listening to the podcast and complaining about some of the stuff we were doing. And he complained about how we always look at the one-star and two-star reviews. I said, okay, let's start with the one-star reviews. And so there are five reviews in here. One's a one-star, one's a two-star, one's a... And it goes on up to the five-star. We end with the five-star. Okay. So, David, we're going to have you start. You're going to start with the one-star one star review. Okay. And these are all from Goodreads. So uh, these are solid reviewers that really know what they're doing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but anyways, these are some reviewers, readers like yourself that are into reading and, in theory, enjoy these books. But Well, Ben says... I think I will vomit on this book, or maybe just dry reek. 
The one thing that this book taught me was an aversion to fluids. I'll hear another uh, echo platitude on the conversation of, if I hear another echo platitude on the conversation of water, Leto II is simply amazing in the ways that he can repulse a reader. So, so is his sister, and Jessica and Stilgar, and the preacher. In a rough but adequate generalization, they're all horrible. Frank had me sighing in Messiah, but this is a cringing groan. In fact, let's flush it down the toilet. A fitting end for this book. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do like is it told me an aversion to fluids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Very good. Very good. That was a one star. That was a one Let's star. A two star. Two star. Out. This is from Lisa. Two star review. This is the third novel in the Dune series, so you should at least read Dune and Dune Messiah before tackling this one. The question is, if having done so, should you continue on at all? I loved the first book, Dune, and rated it a full five stars. After the epic sweep of the first book, and an immediate sequel might seem underwhelming. Even just looking at both books, the first book looks very slender compared to the the second book looks very slender compared to the first book's door-stopping thickness. The second book is far more intimately intimate, uh, really, in its themes, and in some ways can feel like a bridge to this novel. So I took it down a notch in rating. When we came to the third book, we once again find the novel of epic in length and scope, intertwining themes of politics, religion, and philosophy in an exotic galactic empire in a desert planet, and it's skillfully written. But for me, where it fails is in its characterizations. And after this novel, I just didn't care anymore about the series and no longer wish to continue. A friend of mine, a graduate and student in literature, likes to tease me about my shallow wish to care about characters in books and points out characters can still be unlikable yet interesting, complex, and lend you insight about the human condition. I admit it. That's not enough for me. I want the root for the characters in a book. At least one character. I did in the first two volumes. I loved the young Paul and his mother Jessica in the first book and found them easily relatable and I loved Aaliyah in the second book. I don't like what is made of their characters in the third book, even omitting the development of their characters have even even omitting the development of their characters have their logic. Moreover, I can't stand the characters that are the that are the titular focus of this book, the children of Paul and Cheney, the twin girl and boy, Ganima and Leto, both like Alia, are preborn. That is, from birth, they are adult in consciousness and intelligence with, with a knowledge of the lives of their ancestors. By the time we catch up to them in this book, they're nine years old and seriously creepy. It's Leto, it's, it's Leto that carries a book and loses what little humanity he has within it. And with that, when my interest in the series. Because this is well well written and does have thought provoking ideas, I can't make myself mark this down to a one star that would reflect my loathing for it. But loathe it, I did. So his wow. main his main trip up is I I couldn't find any likable characters. Well, I mean, we said that Gaudium and Leto were pretty flat. They are pretty flat. Um, mm-hmm. Likable characters. I still like Leto though. So. I I like Aaliyah. I, I, but again. She has this tragic end, and if you're looking to root for a character, you aren't rooting for Aaliyah. But she's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jim, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll tell you what. I don't, I don't recall having any characters in this book that I was rooting for. No, really. I would agree. Um, yeah. So, but, but on the other side of that, I would agree with, is it her? I think it's her, isn't it? Yeah, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. I would agree with Lisa's friend that, you know, a book doesn't have to have somebody that you're for. You can be completely against and hate a character, and the book still is very interesting and fun to li- fun to read um, or listen to. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can see some of the points here. Yep. I was for the cats. I was rooting for them. They were killed. A short book. It was a short book. Uh, yeah, after that, short. after that, after the death of the cast, I didn't want to read anymore. And uh, <laughs> Jim, go ahead and uh, read. This is our three star rating. Okay, the three star review. Um, this review won't make sense if you haven't read the book. Uh, duh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The problem with this part of the Dune series is the fact that a classic has evolved into a family story without much of a plot. Writing on the comfort of knowing that most of his characters are already well-established and well-loved. I do not add equally well-hated, as all of the bad guys tend to be wiped out at the end of every book in this series. Herbert proceeds to throw in another tale to preach to us more inspiring ideas ideals. I wish he'd waited for a better plot to strike him before penning this book down, though. My parentheses above add a subtle point. The story does not have an overarching enemy. In this book, as in the last, the main enemy is is internal. Dune Messiah had the lead character resent and regret whatever he had created, whereas Children of Dune take it to the internal voices level something which entertains uh, as well as bores the reader. One thing that Herbert has done all too well is to turn a character around by 180 degrees and yet do it so slowly and carefully that no one sees the impact. Alia, one such, or once a much-respected and loved character, I don't know when, <laughs> uh, is possessed by her inner demons, namely her old ancestor, the Baron Harkonnen. While this may sound interesting, it is a concept unused uh, to its potential. Pardon me for being a gore-seeker, but I expected something really brutal once the identity of her processor was revealed, her possessor was revealed. We're all having trouble reading today, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) There was no torture, no merciless and bloody murder, and not enough tyranny. Alia always seems to be in enough control, only a bit strangulated by the Baron. If one wants to introduce a concept such as this, he ought to give it enough of an impact by cultivating its potential. We but know, those are just, just the side... Can, can I stop here? Let's take a break. This is a long video sure. anyway, so... You know, I, I'm looking at this, and while I agree to a certain point, the brutality of the Baron... I don't see that we see it as have it like the Baron is all the more evil to me because I've read all the prequels, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the Baron, the Baron, there is some brutality scene in Dune 
And Aaliyah has certainly that brutality that you hear, like she's killing these people. The prisons are full. You hear, you see a lot of that stuff in yeah. this. Um, Frank Herbert just isn't one to, to describe stuff brutally. There's right. there's very few moments in Frank Herbert books in the first three books that I read that we've read of him where you see him descriptively grab something gory and describe it, you know, as such. Well, I think that whole like they kind of to me they were alluding that all the like people being killed in the prisons and all that stuff was a result of the Baron's influence over her. Like she was, she was more brutal. However, she wasn't hands-on brutal. Uh, and then we saw, you know, uh, yeah. she was all about Javed as a lover for him as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, do you, you want to continue reading? I shall. Uh, but those are just the sidelines. The lead characters, Leto and his sister, Ganima, are just boring. They aren't fascinating. Frank could have written another chapter from Alia's perspective about recalling her ancestors, abomination, etc. Instead of introducing these two characters who make a quick read into a long, drawn-out mess. <laughs> yes, I know Leto is needed for the series to continue, but it still annoys. The chapter wherein Leto, countered by the Lady Jessica with her own self, was admittedly rather interesting, as was his transformation, but the rest of him was dull. His character isn't really developed. I garner that it will be in the next book. The part when he roams around the desert on sandworms and encounters various varieties of Fremen, as well as the much less interesting Gurney Halleck, was just a waste of time. Imagining him travel probably to the other side of the planet on a worm was awe-inspiring, but not something I would carry on doing through 60 pages. Can you uh, can you jump down to the very last two paragraphs? He goes on to kind of analyze characters uh, throughout this, but I think that it wraps it up a little bit in the last two paragraphs. Okay. Uh, the story introduces countless new characters who have a hopeless future to ever be developed further. From a Fadaikin called Lal Alib, or something to another called Buer, or an Amazon called Zia, or to some exiled Fremen smuggler mix-up, I never really cared to clarify, called Muritz, or another god-annoying chapter-eating Fremen called Namri. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the end of the book left me considering the awesome power which Leto would behold, and also left me thinking how much better this plot would have been if Feradin managed to cause enough trouble to give the story more dynamic finish. As I said at the very beginning, the book doesn't have all an all-culminating cul purpose or plot. It just adds some more details to characters we already know and introduces new characters like Leto and Ganima, who we really didn't want to know much about. All in all, it was better than average read, yet nowhere close to its prequels. So he gave it a three. Right, he gave it a three. So he had his problems, but at the same time... He said it was a good read, just not what he was hoping for. Right. Yeah. Right. Kind of middle road. I get what he's saying. I mean, we kind of said mm -hmm. we thought some of the characters were flat. And right, well, he, he agrees that we agree with the twins' assessment. Yeah. He did bring up the whole Leto and Je Leto the second and Jessica meeting. We didn't talk about that. That's but, right. But mm -hmm. that, was, so that was good. Any, any thoughts about what he said, Jim? Uh, 
Well, I thought it was a little long-winded. Um, yeah, <laughs> I gave you a long one. I'm sorry about that. No, and 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 kind of repetitive, you know. Yeah. Uh, as far I guess I'm critiquing the review, but um, yeah, there's some points there yeah. that make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, David, why don't you take us into our review number four? This is the four-star reviewing. reviewing. I, ironically, I <laughs> this guy's name is David, and I also gave it a four-star. Oh, there you go. So, well, maybe this was you. Shh, don't, no, yeah. don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the be- basic biblical conundrum are the sins of the father really inherited by the son. Yes, Children of Dune went a lot further in analyzing religion and society than the previous book, which I found interesting, but more interesting was the current day metaphor with society's progress without regard to the costs involved. Who is going to pay for our excess today, and how will they go about fixing them? The preacher seemed a powerful figure at the beginning of the story, but by the end I almost felt sorry for the old guy, later striking out to redress the mistake of both his father and his aunt's reigns, Looks to be an interesting story. I'll enjoy following. I can't say I agree with his views that he will bring an end. He will bring an era of thousands of years of peace, but it will be an interesting to watch him try. Children of Dune is not something to be read lightly, as you can get through several pages and realize you are completely lost. David, he's with you. I know. Maybe I did write this. (laughs) I found myself reading sections quite a rereading sections quite a bit. On that thought, I'm going to take a break for a while. Uh, for a little bit before continuing the series, as I find out to be somewhat exhausting. All right. Every time they see COD, I'm thinking Call of Duty. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, um, so, uh, are the sins of the father really inherited by the son? This is a good question. We mentioned that in one of the quotes mm-hmm. that we talked about, you know, being able to make your own decisions and, uh, I thought that was a pretty good review. I like they actually they 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 hit that more in the in the movie uh, when Cecilia says the the sins of the parents blossom in their children. Right. I like the way she says it. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this, Jim? Oh yeah, uh, completely agree with it being somewhat exhausting to read. <laughs> <laughs> so you're glad um, we have a movie after this to kind of breathe before you get into the next novel. Yeah, it's going to be nice to to read something a little bit lighter. Um, you know, as I as I said before, uh, I really had to work hard to get through this the first half of this book. Um, it's not something you can take lightly. And when you are in the middle of when you're a, a music teacher, you're transitioning from marching band to concert band, and you've got this going on and that going on, and you're planning Christmas programs and everything else. This is not a book to be reading while you are busy. Yeah. Uh, you're going to miss, if, if for no other reason, you're just going to miss a lot and probably not appreciate it as much as you should. Well, let's hope you're not busy when we get to God Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that'll happen what, that, maybe closer to the summer, right? Well, that's no, the next book that we'll read. Uh, so that'll be in February? February. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah well, How does your, how's your January to February look? Uh, I think I can handle that. Okay. okay. It's, not, All right. it's not quite as bad. No, All good. Right. Well, we have our review number five, and Drew Athens rated it a five. And he said, the conventional wisdom seems to be that the only, only the first book, Dune book, is good, and the rest of them are awful. But I found this to be definitely not true. In this case, the third book in the series was gripping and exciting. I literally couldn't put it down. 
Don't listen to what everyone else says. Read these books for yourself and make your own decision. You won't be disappointed. This one focuses on the children of Moabdib, as well as his sister, Aliyah, wife in name only, Irulan, and the return of his mother, Jessica, to the political goings-on of Arrakis, and the struggles with the almost cult-like religion which has sprung up around his supposed death and his sister as his new figurehead. Behind the scenes, there's all sorts of plotting and double-dealing between the whole host of characters and factions. And the shocking revelations from the middle of the book on make this one of the best in the series and it wraps up the first trilogy of the books and this time period with a bang so he loved it he loved it he absolutely loved it this was the icing on the cake for him five out of five five out of five wow so uh, you know i remember loving this book when i first read it the first time uh so i feel i feel what he's saying nope absolutely that was good that's it so that was going from least to i will vomit on this book to Make your own decisions. Love this book. That might be a good way to go with the Frank Herbert books, reviews like that. Yeah, so it kind of gives a balanced look at all the different reviews. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're saying we can give just bad reviews for the uh, Harrison and <laughs> there's plenty of them. <laughs> there, there, are, there are, but there were quite a few for children at Dune too. When I was looking through, I wasn't, yeah. you know, any loss for that. You yeah. know, as I- as I look through reviews myself, even you know, with Brian and Kevin's books, it's still. 85% approval. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, so we you know when uh, when David picks out the bad reviews, he's just picking out the bad reviews. He's not yeah. picking out good ones. Well, you know, and it it goes to someone I think one of the emails we read earlier Kim's email I said, you know, if you want to play, if you want to experience the world of Dune, this is the only way you're going to be experiencing it. I mean, the estate of Frank Herbert this is what they've given licenses to. And if you don't want to read more Dune, then don't read Dune. Don't read any of the Kevin J. Anderson and, uh, and the, the Brian Herbert books. But if you want more Dune, this is the only way you're going to get it. And so you can complain all you want, but you're getting more Dune. Right. I mean, that comes down to, and if it's not quite the way Frank wrote it, so be it. Right. I still come back to in my thoughts when I hear people talk about this. And I say, even when we were interviewed, uh, you know, Brian Harvey said, even my father, everyone was always comparing all the rest of his books to Dune, and he could never measure up. Mm. And, and, and that just sticks with me as I think through all the Kevin Janderson. No, they aren't the same. And no, they won't be Dune, but nothing will ever be Dune but Dune. Right. I don't know. Right. That's my soapbox getting off now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of our listener feedback show. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, if you want to send us feedback, there's many ways you can do that. You can send an email to dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast, as well as at Twitter at dunesagapodcast. We also have a great voicemail. Should you want us to hear your voice and share that with everyone? We want to hear your voice. We want to, yep. Uh, the chat number is Scott one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight, and that'll get you in. And that's also available if you download the Sogpog Collective app, which is available on uh, every single platform available. Uh, you can also attach an MP3 to an email, and that'll also work. Right. That's we right. love hearing your voice. We don't get a lot of voice female uh, females. Voice emails are feedback for the matter, and, uh, <laughs> but we're grateful for the little that we do get back, yeah. and that we we certainly love hearing from you. Yeah. yeah, and uh, once again, another thanks to uh, Mark and Matthew, our new Patreon supporters. Check yeah. us out at uh, patreon.com dot yeah. Keep your eye on Patreon. We're, we're going to be putting in a new level where 
Dave will come and break something for you if you yeah, want. It. So, it's just uh, time for the holidays. Yeah, this, yeah, it's just time for the holidays. And also, not to mention that uh, Jim's still offering loot lessons if you will support the uh, uh, the podcast at a one thousand dollar level. So uh, he is. He is all for that, and so uh, if you'd really like your loot lessons and want to support the podcast, we would, yeah, Jim's all for it. Yeah. Or even even better, you could give it an even higher level and have David come over and break your loot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so combine the two. <laughs> Both of us are visiting. <laughs> uh, thank one you so days, much. One of these days, Scott, it's going to be your day in the barrel. I know. Just, just, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. I got to watch myself. <laughs> Well, uh, once again, thanks for joining us. For the Dune Saga Podcast, I'm David Moulton. I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And may Shai Hulud clear the path before you. Hey.